762 a man jumped to the moon In 491 Galileo made the sun In 1287 was the first ever Kevin In 1919 Martin Sheen became queen Something's after going on What's the crack with this thing? All kinds of carry-on Look what's after happening Hello and welcome to Look What's After Happening. It's a podcast about history and the history of, of things and stuff around us. Dead right. Things. Colin's here. And stuff around us. Yes, I'm here. Sorry, Colin, you, you seem to... Sorry, I started before you were ready. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just... Um, I'm taking off my shoes. They're just a little bit wet from the walk-in. Oh, where were you? Oh, just out in the truck and then I parked up. I got I have a wonderful spot that I don't have to pay for parking because it's awful. Trucks are huge. So you have to if you're parking this inside in town, you have to pay for a load of parking spots. So I like to leave it right at the edge of Dwelth and, and trudge in. Right. And where are you? Because we're over Zoom here. So where are you trudging <laughs> to? <laughs> That was my question, really. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. Well, uh, I've, my truck isn't great for zooming because it's just not the best sound environment. Really? So I'm in a little cafe here, uh, Ray's Cafe on the corner of uh, the main street here in Dwelt. Oh, great. And they don't mind you just recording a whole show in the middle of their cafe? Well, what I do is... They're very quiet there, I have to say. I was about to say, it is dead in here at at the minute. Well, I don't think it should be open. Well, I'm not technically allowed. I'm actually in the bathroom. Uh, I said, listen, do you mind if I nip in? (laughs) So I ordered a coffee... (laughs) I've ordered a coffee and I said, listen, now that I've ordered a coffee, can I nip in? You know the way you might do in, yeah. in a McDonald's, you might look at the the menu and say, you know, because you go into a McDonald's, I don't know if you do this, but I go into a McDonald's or a Burger King if I need to go to the bathroom, but I, I can't go straight to the bathroom. What I do yeah. is I go up and I pretend that I'm going to order something and right. then I've just been struck with the need to go to the bathroom. So I look, check out the Eurosaver menu yeah. and then go, you know what, actually before I order, I'll just pop down to the loo. But that's all a ruse. I always wanted to use the toilet. You managed to get uh, two weeks in a jury's in hotel like that, didn't you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, I just kept walking in and pretending that I, I was looking to book in. And then I said, I'll, I'll be with you in a sec, actually. And I just walked to the lift and went upstairs. <laughs> and uh, my trick was I'd follow the, the, the cleaning staff around. Right. And whenever they were going to close the door, um, into a room I'd just say oh I left my bag in there thanks very much and i just walk in and uh, two weeks two weeks I stayed in juries in there and it's weird that they would believe that because they've just cleaned the room so they'd know if there's a bag in there or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's the thing yeah. and uh, it you know sometimes it was successful and sometimes it wasn't right. but in that but particular two weeks stint I think the cleaning yeah. staff was new in juries in in Limerick um, and I got, yeah, I got a full two weeks, 14 days um, in some of their, yeah, their suites mm-hmm. across the top floor there. So this is not always going to work. Don't book a holiday around it. But if you're in there and you're uh, using the bathroom, yeah. try get a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'd say. That's my little tip for you. Um, anyway, that's that's sort of my news. So, yeah. So anyway, you're you've got 
your your feet are wet and you're in a bathroom in a cafe. That's, <laughs> feet are wet, that's and down. I just took off the shoes and socks here to just to lay them on the uh, the rad here in the bathroom, and um, I should be okay for it because I ordered a coffee. I should be okay for ten or fifteen minutes before they come knocking, and um, and then I'll you know. Yeah, I'll, so we'll hear that. Yes. Yeah, and then I'll just uh, I'll tough it out. Yeah. Yeah. that's it just work through it and I'll say I'm having a bit of difficulty I'll be out in a minute or something and mm-hmm. they usually leave you alone for another 10 or 15 after that yeah so anyway that's where I am Ray's, Ray's Cafe in the middle of uh, in 12th lovely well a great plug for Ray's there a great plug yeah. for Ray's yeah uh, check it out if you need to do any recording good coffee uh, the coffee's grand actually it's it's fine it, it's not nothing to write home about but their bathrooms are spotless yeah and um, not very equi at all huge is the thing oh. huge and filled with um soft furnishings pillows yeah oh wow unusual for a bathroom they must be absolutely disgusting <laughs> <laughs> no well it, again very clean very clean i think they clean the, the pillows quite regularly oh, right so yeah, yeah. um i tried to because i you know in the middle of the night you know you get up to go to the loo and um i kept bumping into things so i said it to um said it to my housekeeper i was like listen let's do this let's get a, an entirely quilted uh bathroom you know so if i bump into anything in the middle of the night uh it was like um it was like uh, mr soft you remember from the ads oh yeah the whole thing was soft uh the taps were made out of pillows the, the toilet <laughs> And uh, the yeah, sink. The, yeah, the whole thing was disgusting. Yeah, well, I don't think it wouldn't last too long because, like, if you have a soft sink, as soon as you pour water out of the soft taps into yeah. the soft sink, yeah, try sitting down on a soft toilet. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, well, I did. I and what was the what was the what was the plumbing like? What was the plumbing like? Yeah, it must have been a mess. Yeah, um, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it leaked everywhere. You know, I mean, uh, sure. once once I sat down on it, the thing just started gushing out water, and uh, sure. the whole thing was soggy, soggy bathroom. Yeah, and should you still have it in your house? Because once you installed it, you can't take it out. So that's just the corner of your house that's just sort of soft and mushy. No, yeah, legally it's a, it's a listed bathroom. <laughs> so I'm not allowed to, because, uh, you know, Brian Cowan came in and just, uh, he just enjoyed the bathroom. Did he launch it? He launched it. And so, and, uh, you know, they were just like, well, listen, the Taoiseach launched this bathroom. You can't tear down that bathroom now. It's a listed bathroom. Right, okay. And so, yeah, I have to well, have Well, I mean, there. I think it was because it was on changing rooms and that's why, like, it was Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen came in and redid your whole bathroom in this beautiful, like, pillowy patterns. Yeah. So it was a huge deal for the area dwelt, really put dwelt on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sheriff Brian Cowan comes, like, uh, he was Taoiseach at the time. Uh, y- yeah. You just can't get rid of it. No, no. I couldn't get rid of him either. Who, Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen? No, or? Cowan. Cowan was, once he was in there, he was having his lunch. <laughs> he was like, listen, I'll just send up uh, some sandwiches because I'm going to be here for a while. Yeah. I mean, I, God God rest him, um, but he, like, in his pomp, quite a pillowy man. God rest him. Is, is, is Brian Cowan dead? <laughs> Did that Brian Cowan... <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't think he's dead. I wouldn't say he's dead. But He should um, have a good rest. He should have a good rest. Yeah. Uh, he led the country very well. Um during the financial crisis so i think you know he's he's well well earned his rest that's what i mean by god rest i'm sorry for the confusion brian cowan is an irish former politician so he's still alive yeah brian cowan's still, still alive. alive yeah great god rest good, him. good 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 god rest him exactly <laughs> um 
Well, anyway, uh, I was going to ask how your week has been. Well, um, I, I mean, speaking of rest, uh, I had a an absolutely wonderful time this week. Um, just kind of relaxing. And I, I, I was reading a new novel uh, by a, a friend of mine, uh, a woman here mm-hmm. in Dwelth, who's, uh, well, she's, I, I'm, I'm sure... Everyone in the audience already knows her, but um, she's a, a writer of of romance novels or or women's fiction, perhaps. Yeah, chicklet, as some people would say, but I don't know if she appreciates uh, if she if she likes that term. But anyway, she's here to tell us all about the history of romance, and her name is Leonie Curtis. Leonie, how are you? Very well, Killian. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to. Have. I mean, I'm so delighted we could um, get you on because you're you're very busy at the moment. Unlike a lot of people, you have been very busy, isn't that right? Yeah, I've had it up to here now. I'm pointing at me forward now when I say that I've had it up to here, invoicing, editing me chapters, uh, choosing. Uh, Artwork for the front of me new book. I, I'm run ragged, so I am. You know what they say, don't no rest for the wicked. No rest for the wicked, Killian. You said invoicing first off there. That's number one on your <laughs> priorities, isn't it? It always is, to be honest with you. Now, I always like to get paid yeah. and laid. Do you know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I like to keep on top of me invoice and I don't have a PA and I don't have an accountant. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I do all my own taxes and all um, and my own uh, finances. So I like to stay on top of that. Is it true now that um, your first novel started out as an invoice, which you just got carried away with and just started uh, just making it really romantic and stuff? That's right. Yeah, no, that's going back a long time now. Uh, I was about 17 at the time and I was selling the Avon door to door. Do you remember that? I think your ma was one of my first customers, actually, Killian. And Colin's sister loved it as well. And um, I was doing out an invoice for the new creamy lipsticks. Creamy lipsticks. Creamy lipsticks, yeah. Uh, there was a lovely, uh, there was a lovely shade called Rebel Red, and I remember thinking, oh, that's that's very sexy. It's kind of alluring to me, and just the feeling of having the the pen in one hand and the invoice in the other. You see, that was all back when it was, you know, paper, snail mail, and that. And I loved that feeling. So then I wrote out name, order number, yeah. the amount of units. And then I thought, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a few paragraphs while I'm here. And that's how I started my first novel. And did you send out that invoice or did you keep it to start the novel? Like what happened there? I ended up having to keep it because I was shocked by my own talent. I was buckling under the weight of my own genius. Wow. Um so I ended up having to give those creamy lipsticks out for free in the end because I had to keep the invoice, do you know what I mean? Uh, you were just so bowled over by your own talent. Uh, I heard you had to spend a week in bed. Yeah, it was more like 10 days. I had a mild comb <laughs> at me right arm because I write with me right hand. And uh, the fatigue was incredible. It, it was really hard going. Um, my boyfriend didn't know what was wrong with me. My family thought I was dead. And then I had to send out a group text and say, guys, OK, relax, simmer down. I'm fine. I'm just after realising I'm a literary genius. And then I had to turn back over and go back asleep. <laughs> uh, and, and and you are, like, you're becoming... I was knackered, Killian. I was knackered. Absolutely, yeah. 
You're, uh, so you said literary genius. I think that, to be fair, um, you know, that really is playing out in how popular your books have been. Um, uh, of all the guests that we've had on, on the podcast, yours is, uh, you know, like you are the one that has sort of stirred up the most fervor and the most anticipation because, um, I think it's because probably there's so much of yourself in these books, um, would that be fair to say? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very personal uh, journey that I'm on. And um, I didn't expect to upend uh, the publishing community in Ireland. Um, I was aware of my own talent, sure. I, yes, I was very aware of that, but I didn't expect... Um, the, the 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 uproar the, the they had they had reading fever do you know what I mean and it was very overwhelming to yeah. me at the time because I was very young as I said I was seventeen when I started out with that first invoice yeah and I ended up publishing that invoice mm. now Penguin didn't want it Random House didn't give a shite but um I ended up setting up my own publishing house uh, get a grip productions right yeah. Productions is an interesting uh, name for a publishing house, isn't it? Yes, well, I do more than publish, but... Oh, yes, of course. You do, you know, because as you said at the beginning, you were talking about the artwork. Um, Like you, you're choosing the artwork, but a huge amount of um, work goes into that because you insist on being the... Uh, the subject of all of your artwork for the front of your books. That's correct, yeah. Um, a lot of people might deem that to be uh, an ego trip. They think I'm an egomaniac, but um, there's no better art than the art in yourself. Do you know that way, Colin? So um, when I walk into I a shop or I'm walking through the duty-free in the airport and I pass by where all they're selling like the books and stuff I want to see thousands of my own face staring back at me because that's what makes me feel safe do you know why would why would I pick any other artwork it should be me because I'd like to honour myself with every book that I publish of course um, yeah in fact you have a different uh, hunky man with you on every single cover of your books isn't that right that is correct yeah they're like on a rotating conveyor belt and your husband doesn't mind no Darren doesn't mind at all sure we've been together since we were in transition years you know so he's well used to it now yeah I mean you've stuck with the same man since uh, since that first invoice um, which is fantastic yeah I was actually writing out the creamy lipsticks for him at that time, uh, he was my only customer for the Avon for a long time. And then he was uh, my only editor. Really? Yeah. And then he was my only customer when I first started out with the publishing. But he's very wow. supportive. He's me lobster, you know. And usually I don't like shellfish. Yes, uh, certainly. Uh, he, yeah. So, um, so he started buying the books. How many books did he buy? He bought 300 units. Now, that was six pallets. Wow. Um, yeah, and God love him. We, <laughs> we were living in town at the time in, in a one bed, tiny little apartment. We had a hot plate um, in, in the bathroom. Well, that and doesn't sound safe at all. No, it wasn't safe. Now, if only the landlord had known at the time, but we had no uh, space for any of those books. So even though he was doing me a good turn and his heart was in the right place, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it was very... Um, it wasn't practical at all. Do you know what I mean? But love makes you do crazy things. I'm still hung up on this. Did you not have a kitchen? 
No, there was no kitchen in that first apartment when we were starting out. No kitchen at all. One hot plate in the bathroom beside the shower. Uh, But we never, uh, we never had any problems with the electric, which was thank God, says you. (laughs) Yeah, that is a relief. So you had um, you had a hot plate and you had a shower and then you stuffed the rest of the apartment with just sort of a load of paper. And there was no issues at all. No, no issues at all. But you know, when you're young and you're carefree, you just make do, don't sure. you? Sure. I had to stop doing the Avon on them yeah. because there was no places, uh, there was no space, I should say, for the stock coming in. Uh, so I had to stop doing that. We had uh, our first baby, Zeppo. His cot was out in the landing. And everybody used to say, God, that baby never stops crying. I says, really? I couldn't hear him. Sure, the doors were closed. He was outside the front door of your apartment. He was outside the front door on the landing now. So he was up against an external wall, but he wasn't actually outside. Do you know what I mean? It was Greek Street in the 90s. Like, I I wouldn't. I'm mad, but I'm not that mad. I wouldn't wouldn't leave me firstborn out there. No, no. But I mean, you couldn't hear him crying from inside your apartment. No, my head was too full of ideas. Do you know that way? Couldn't hear anything. Yeah, my senses were dulled because I, I, uh, I, I was constantly thinking... Where's my next story from, coming from? Like, who's the leading character? Sure. Who's going to be on the front of the book? Me. Well, that was always the answer. So I wasn't too hung up on that. That was always mm. it, but, yeah. Yeah, it was always there. But I, my mind was flooded all the time. Like, uh, so yeah. I, but that's one of your issues, isn't it? That, um, you know, one when you get an idea, because you've got, you know, you've now, you're prolific as a writer. You're, um, you know, in terms of the amount of output, you've at least one book a year. Um, so you've always got these constant ideas popping into your head. But like you said, as soon as an idea pops into your head, your you're, you're shut off. <laughs> and that has led to some issues in your sort of day to day, hasn't it? It really has, because uh, it's quite debilitating when you suddenly realise you're a genius. Mm. You know, um, people treat you differently. <laughs> uh, I had to work on a new laugh. I had to work on a new walk. I had to start doing my makeup different, had to start yes. shopping for my groceries in different places because you're suddenly inducted into this like new community. And I'm born and bred in the inner city and there aren't many uh, Booker Prize winners around, you know? D- d- to be fair, the new walk you developed was partially because of the amount of cars that you walked uh, in front of because you had a good idea and just didn't <laughs> hear them coming. Isn't that right? Yeah. Now, I knew you were going to bring this up. And it is true that I ended up in a leg brace for 16 months. Um, uh, My senses were completely dulled. I could not see. I had tunnel vision. Uh, I had vertigo. Uh, The vertigo kicked in on the sixth chapter, which I had named Frigid No More. And this was during my first book, Wuthering Bastards. Right. And I was I Mm. was consumed um, and any time I went outside, I was completely overwhelmed, kind of experiencing some sort of synesthesia, if you understand me meaning. Uh, as soon yeah. as I'd step off the curb, I anything could happen to me. And yeah. uh, the new walk was the direct result of that high ace that got me. A high ace? Wow. That sounds tough. <laughs> it was. Um, they're one of the the vans, aren't they? The big sort of um, square white vans. Heavy goods vehicle, mm. right into me mm. pelvic floor. Right into your pelvic floor. Into the floor. Oh, God. <laughs> pelvic floor, never <laughs> yes. the same again. Really, oh, that must be difficult. It certainly is. But I turned a few heads, and anyway, um, 
and it was C-sections from there well, the, on the, in. The ambulance, of course, yeah. Well, the ambulance had to, um, there and there on there and then on the scene, had to put reinstall your pelvic floor. They did. And it was in several pieces, may I remind oh you. And the gas thing yeah. is, uh, the ambulance actually knocked me down when they arrived on the scene. Oh, How did that happen? If you can believe that. insult to injury. That, yeah, straight over me funny bone. <laughs> That's me new laugh. <laughs> There's the new laugh, yeah. What was the old laugh like? <laughs> it was more joyless. It's hard for me to oh, recall right. now, but it went something like this. <laughs> Very bretty. Because oh. I wasn't, I didn't really have much to be happy for or grateful for at that time, Killian, do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, tell us now, what's your day-to-day routine like at the moment? Well, at the moment, I'm getting up at about 7am. I do a lap around Dwelt, um, maybe stop in for a frappuccini uh, in the corner there. Ray's does a fantastic frappuccini uh, and I get a baby Chino for Zeppo. Oh yeah, you're going to Ray's. Yeah, going to Ray's. The bathrooms are beautiful in there. And um, I might uh, walk home then. Get, get a bit of breakfast on for me and me and the lads. And then I'd probably sit down to the laptop at about 10 a.m. and uh, start working on whatever it might be that day. At the moment, um, my current book that is actually being turned into a screenplay is P.S. I'm Emotionally Abusive. And uh, it's a play oh, yeah. on P.S. <laughs> I Love You. Um, yes. But I had serious issues uh, with yes. that book and the film. And so that's that's the piece that I'm working mm. on at the moment. So I'm uh, I'm only starting off. I'm on chapter two now. So uh, every morning I probably dive into that for a couple of hours. Is it true now that um, you've already lined up Swank and Butler to be in the film version of P.S. I've I'm emotionally abusive. That's right. Yeah. Now I am waiting for Hillary's people to get back to me. Uh, she said herself um, on Instagram DMs there the other day that she was personally interested herself, but she has to wait for her legal team to get in touch with me because I think at first she thought it was a joke, but um, I don't joke right. when it comes to award-winning literature, as you know. No, no, yes, certainly not. Um, um, so you've, you've Hillary Spank and you've, you've Butler lined up. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. is is a flat no, though, which was a surprise. <laughs> It was, it was a surprise. Because it was such a small part that he played. It was a small part, but you see, what happened was I actually bumped into him in Ikea. And, um, right. Uh, he tried to skip me in a queue. And uh, I, I didn't, I didn't realise it was him at first. And I don't think he, uh, mm. he got over it. So it was a flat no from him. But we're going to mm. move on anyway. Jim Core was interested in that part. Great. It's nice to see Jim Core back on the mainstream because he just, he doesn't get enough good press, I think, Jim. He doesn't, no. Lovely, man. Oh yeah, God yeah. Just don't get, don't get stuck talking to him at a party, you know? You just, <laughs> as long as it's just like, oh, how's, how's it going? You know, if he's in the general chat, but if you're one-on-one standing there by yeah. the mantelpiece, you're like, oh, get me out of this. Yeah. That's the yeah. story of Jim Core's life, isn't it? Great in a group. Great in a group. Not 
on his yeah, own. No, no, no. No, a bit of a grueler, you know, and a bit of a hypochondriac as well. Yes. You, you don't want to get stuck there for the whole night, but um, I'm happy to have him on board now, and I think I think he's going to surprise us all, guys. I am sure he will surprise you. Who knows what Jim Core is going to do? Exactly. He'll probably <laughs> turn up in some kind of environmental suit and uh, claim that everyone's a witch and burn the set to the ground, but it'll be good. Good crack. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. He's a mad egg, is he? is Jim Core. Um so like a couple of your books there we've had um PS I'm emotionally abusive um and like we said all of your books are are sort of autobiographical so this obviously is you talking about uh, your own emo- emotional abuse um like how I'm assuming that uh, Darren probably is the focus of that uh so is you know is everything all right with this with the two of you at the minute yeah now love is a journey as we all know so there's always peaks and pits um because we've been together for so long peaks and pits, now, that was the third novel wasn't it yes yeah well remembered colin thank you i must sign a few copies for you if you're interested just the one but yeah that'd be great um but we've been together for so long now so he's um he's well used to my um my emotional flow my emotional state which mm-hmm. changes a lot mm-hmm. and i'm very blessed to have him but yeah he would be the focus of, of a lot of my emotional abuse but they did buy me a padded room um, where I can go and uh, be sensorily um, kind of uh, stimulated so I'm less likely to kick off Mm. Uh, so I I probably do uh, about an hour or two in there every day after I'm finished writing sure and you've a little sort of Darren dummy in there that you can just take it out on yeah I never stop roaring at that thing Last last we heard, Darren was uh, climbing every peak in the Himalayas to find the right kind of snow for you. Is that right? Yes, yeah, snow and salt, um, which oh, yeah. generally S- oh, y- yes. you never really find them together in the same spot because no. the sodium chloride actually... Um, melts melts the snow then you're just snow, and yeah, you, yeah. you're left with Himalayan water and that's not what I was looking for Killian do you know what I mean I'm a woman of simple no. taste but when I ask for something I expect it to be done yeah yeah oh, yeah well you hear the passion in your voice there now do you need a moment to go to your sensorial room? I should be all right. No, thanks. I actually, I'm okay. only over since I logged on there. I'm only over. I've done me time for today. But he did all the peaks. And I just like to add, like, Darren is a keen mountaineer. So, like, it wasn't all about me. Uh, the crux of the whole thing is he didn't actually find the snow or the salt that I was looking for. And then we ended up in marriage counselling there for six months. Oh, Oh, wow. Well, good for you for going to, to counselling with it. You know, I, I think... Uh, uh, now, d- am I right in saying that you insisted that Darren was in a cage during the meetings? We had to leave him in there for his own safety. <laughs> For his own safety, what might have happened? Well, I was very flared up over the Himalayan thing. And hmm. I thought, it's best if you... Get in there and keep your back to me throughout all of these sessions because just his face was, Mm. it it was driving me wrong. Do you know what I mean? And I knew if he wasn't locked up, I would not be held accountable for my actions. And I have a public image to Mm. protect, you know? Absolutely. And you're doing a great job of that. Um, Thank you. Well, we got you... We got you on the show because um, we wanted to find out the history of romance. And we thought, who better to ask than than a, a romance novelist? I mean, you must have done a bit of research along the way on 
different kinds of romance down the years. Is that right? That is correct. And actually, this has been a, a great source of uh, joy and interest for me in my my writing journey. Um, I have really come to love reading up on evolution and all that and the magic of like the apes and the cave people. And I've come to discover that many moons ago, somewhere between Plankton and S Club 7. Somewhere between the two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the old version of us. What was like li- Yeah, the originals, like the little monkeys that you see in the zoo, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We developed the capacity for emotional attachment. And this would later mm. be described as love. Are you with me, guys? So yes. far, yes. So we developed this capacity for love. And it wasn't a romantic love like what we think of now in, 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 my, in the type of uh, the romance books that I would write. But it was more a survival thing. A survival mechanism because natural selection was always going to favour those who formed an emotional attachment to one little monkey or several if you're feeling fruity. And that meant that you had a reason to live and you were less likely to get slaughtered. Now, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that the most beautiful thing you've ever heard? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um... How do we know that that, I mean, we only know that that was some time before S Club 7. We can only trace it back that far. That's right. I haven't gone very deep into it yet. But yeah, I think the the point that I'm trying to make is that sometimes romance is all around you and you don't even know what it is. And it's not easily identifiable because if you were to go into Dublin Zoo or something and you see monkeys scurrying around, like that was us not that long ago, sometime before the first S Club 7 album came out. And they they don't, you to, to the naked, untrained eye, they don't look like they have the capacity for romance, but deep down they actually do. And when I discovered that, it blew my mind, you know? Yeah. I had myself pegged as a genius, of course, but like I hadn't got myself pegged as a scientist, which I absolutely am now. You did some experiments to um, to test uh, uh, how romantic monkeys can be. Oh, yes. What happened there? Did several tests, actually, with the help of some researchers in UCD and Dublin Zoo. Yeah. And uh, basically, the, f- the first day, now, it wasn't a roaring success. I ended up chasing a spider monkey around um, the enclosure, trying to get him into a little dinner jacket, because we had set him up on a, yeah. an, on a date with a capuchin who was not interested, let me tell you. And then we got little tables and chairs, no. like, um, like what you would have seen with the Sylvanian families when we were chiselers and I was trying to shove the capuchin into the little chair beside the spider monkey yeah and um, they uh, they sat down for a little sit down meal a few grubs few little earthworms and unfortunately no love blossomed that night but still the friendship though still no there was friendship don't get me wrong yes and that's very important in its own right as well and um, they did swap numbers little mm-hmm. monkey numbers great but uh love didn't blossom there was no true romance there now after that we had a successful experiment the spider monkey um 
was set up with a golden tamarind. Now that's a it's a very exotic monkey, um, and they hit it off straight away. Unlike your typical monkeys, everyday monkeys. Yeah, yeah. The the everyday monkeys they they can be they can be nip bags to be honest with you. Yeah. But the golden tamarind. Now she had a lovely vibe around her. Now she would have been an ideal kind of uh, one of me Avon clients. The creamy lipstick. Now if she was into lipstick, she she would have been like high end high a uh, high end monkey. Yeah, I think she's if I'm if I'm right, I think the golden tamarind that you're talking about has her own segment on Ireland AM every week where she just talks about like hair products and stuff. That's right. She talks about them. <laughs> well, in, in in as much as she can. You know, they bring her in. Uh, she you has know, one of those she, charts with with the symbols on it. One of the charts, the symbols on it, she mm. can do sign language and uh, her hair is long and flowing. So they just sort of use the different products on her hair. She's, um, she's incredible. So they just do animal testing live on air. Is that what you're saying? Live on air. Live on air. But it's all organic, Killian. Yeah, this is Ireland Day and we're talking about. Yes, I mean, sure. So's you know, an onion. I wouldn't want to rub it on my eyes. <laughs> We've told you not to do that. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so um, I, I am interested in the idea because you were saying there, Leone, that like love is everywhere, romance is everywhere, and sometimes we don't know, um, you know, what it is. So I, I have a, a question. So myself and and my my wife, um, we met uh, like when uh, lightning struck us and we were stuck together or something in a buddies at some point, and then we were together for two years, I think, and then we ended up, you know. Um, uh, breaking up and getting divorced and stuff. Now she doesn't return my calls. Um, and I think actually the, the number that she gave me wasn't a real number and uh, she's moved away from the house that she used to live in. Is that romance? I'm sorry to have to tell you, Colin, but that is the definition of dead romance. I'm sure. Dead romance. Yeah. And there's often no coming back from that. Um, <laughs> your description of Woody's lightning striking. Uh, now, that is the epitome of romance, modern love. Right. But yes. if she's not getting back to you, I I wonder now, ha- have, you, have you come on too strong? What are your intentions? What is your motivation, Colin? Do, do you desperately want her back? Is there no other golden tamarind monkey out there for you? Which I think she's my lobster, I think. Oh. You know, uh, like you said earlier on. And I'm also not a fan of shellfish, but I uh, I do. Yeah, I, I, I miss her terribly. And honestly, I think when we got fused together, I think it was our feet that got fused together uh, in, in with a tire or something like that. And um, I she's got some of my right foot still on her foot. So I honestly, she's got a part of me in her. Yeah. And I feel as though I have have the same, you know. So, uh, you know, I just don't think I'll be fully whole without her. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you've actually been physically fused together at, at some point and she, she's walking around with a bit of you yeah. stuck on her metatarsal. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, like, it's. I'm sure it's not a unique story. I'm sure many marriages begin with lightning striking and, you know, two physical bodies being fused together um, through some sort of biochemical explosion. Um, but it has been a difficulty for you um, in that your DNA has turned up at a number of cat burglaries, hasn't it? Well, yes. The crown jewels of France were stolen and they just found your DNA. And so that was like you were... St- Stuck in 
Uh, was that you? I remember reading about that online. It was my DNA, but it wasn't me. Just fell off the foot um, of your former wife. Must have fallen off the foot. What What I'm annoyed about is that she's clearly covering everything else except leaving my little toesies out the side of her boot. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I wouldn't snitch. And uh, I did I did seven years for that in uh, a French prison. Seven years? Yep. Well, it was the crown, prin- the crown prince. It was the crown jewels. Yeah. And it was attached to the crown prince at the time. He was wearing them. So, um, so it was pinched right off his head. Pinched right off his head. Yeah. And she, she got away with it. So uh, listen, I'm happy to do it and I'd do it again. Oh, well, don't say that. I do it again. Is that romance? That is true love, Colin. Now, I hadn't realized your backstory. So forgive me for that. There you go. There um, you go. I think if any man is willing to do seven years in a high security prison in France, um, I don't think you're going to get much better love than that. And I, I applaud you for that, Colin. That There aren't many men that would take that on the chin. There you go. Do you know? It wasn't um, It wasn't all at the same time, though, was it? The seven years? You were kind of in and out. No, I could pop in and pop out. Yeah, you do a bit here and there just to kind of keep it going. Yeah, I'd have a little, um, like a little stamp booklet and I'd go in and say, listen. Punch card. Clock it in. Time card. Punch card. Yeah. Yeah. Clock it in for a month now, clocking back out. And it was a, it was actually a wonderful prison. It was uh, a vineyard in the south of France. A vineyard? Oh, oh that's right. lovely. Well, yeah, that sounds great. It was actually. It was really nice. And I have another I have another two years of it. Um, so it turned out quite well. Jesus, at that rate, I might go with you. Well, Leonie, you're you're more than welcome. Um, you know, once we can get out of... Uh, well, hold on. What about Darren? Uh, I wouldn't worry about him. He's still in the cage. But I, I think I could use that maybe as a little writer's <laughs> retreat or something. Have a bit of wine. I love grape oh, flavoured yeah, stuff, great. you know, like grape jellies. And of course, wine being my favourite grape flavoured mm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say, did did creativity strike you at all, Colin, when you were locked up for all those days and weeks? Um, well, I mean, I, I've... I've done a little bit of writing myself. Um, I mean, nothing in in your uh, leagues, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I I dabbled a little bit. I did um, I did a little bit of a, a dirty novel. A dirty novel. It was a protest, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a protest. That's right. <laughs> it was like a dirty protest, except a novel. It was a novel. Uh, yeah, rather than just one sentence exclaiming my stance on a particular, um, a, uh, like a judgment or what I felt was unfair, it was really just a, a long, lengthy tome that I uh, scribbled across the wall of the vineyard. I like that. <laughs> wow. That's uh, very rebellious. Yeah. It took me weeks. Well, perhaps Leonie would be interested in publishing that with her, her publishing company. I think it's long gone now, Colin. I think whatever oh, they washed it, whatever off. was there has washed. Well, it's washed away. It's in south of France, so it's a fair amount of, of rain and stuff. Anyway, listen, it's not about me, no. Leonie. Um, we have we have loads of of fans who are um who've gotten in touch with us during the week, and we thought, Jesus, this is great. I didn't know we'd all these fans out there, but it wasn't for us, Leonie. It was for you. So you have, you have a huge fan base out there, and a lot of the questions that um, have come into us have been like, listen, Leonie, I'm inspired by your story. You're somebody who's taken um, romance novels and just sort of um, turned them on their head and really shaken up the industry. I would love to get involved in that. Have you any advice out there for, or have you any advice for writers out there who are looking to get going in, in the industry that you're in at the minute? I think the best bit of advice that I could give to any young budding 
writers and artists out there is to follow your heart, drink plenty of water and lay off the prescription medication. Mm. And when lightning strikes uh, in the brain, not in Woody's, I would say grab that pen, grab that scrap of an invoice and get those ideas out there. It's important to get them out of your head and physically onto a scrap of paper because you get flashes of genius and if you don't strike while the iron is hot, I find you can stagnate and uh, when you stagnate as a writer, you're as good as dead. Now that might sound dramatic, but you need to keep going. When you feel motivated, when you're in that state of flow, you have to act on it. And even if you write out a load of guff, it's important to just get it out there because I tell you, I made six and a half mil off, off a lot of guff. And if I can do it, well, anyone can do it. A lot it. of guff now, that was your fourth novel, wasn't it? A lot of guff. That was my fourth novel, yeah. And that inspired um, the blog and uh, surprisingly uh, the daycare centre yeah. around the corner. Wow. Okay. Guff love. Guff mm. love, yeah. Because those kids are getting a unique education around there. It's like uh, a mix of Protestant Play School meets Montessori meets E Pray Love. If you're familiar with that book now, I, actually, the, my next project is E Pray Leg. Oh. Um, well, the only we're running out of time here. Um, but uh, just can you fill us in maybe just quickly on what's the future of romance? Where do you think things are heading? Well, I think as we all go through this great reset, um, we are touching in with our innermost desires, our innermost wants and needs. And I think with the help of those that are closest to us and those that we have formed these strong emotional attachments with, romance will continue to blossom at an alarming rate. And it'll lead to... Alarming. An alarming rate. Alarming rate. Should we we be worried about this? In a way, yes. My vision for the future would be that um, all communities all over Ireland, Europe and the world will come to take on a likeness to Burning Man or Woodstock, where free love is on the set menu. Wow. And everybody is in a creative state of flow all the time. Free love, little dinner jackets on monkeys, anything goes. Wow. Well, I look forward to that. Um, Leonie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Um, is there any, is there, is there any um, like comedians that you're a big fan of? Uh, that people could check out maybe on on various social media websites? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You can check out a friend of mine. What's name is Ali Fox. Ali Fox. Um, You can find her on, yeah, on social media. The handle is uh, bonmot underscore Dublin for all your romance and comedy needs. Well, that sounds great. I'm certainly going to check that out. Oh, she's fantastic. Uh, Colin, um... You've uh, you finished up your business there in the toilet? I have. I have. Yeah, no. Uh, Ray has been in a number of times, so you might have heard him. He's he's getting bull angry now. Yeah, so yeah, I have yeah. to I have to head off. I have to stick back on gonna, the socks. He's going to bring the bull in. <laughs> he threatened the bull on a number of occasions now. So, yeah, I think the next yeah. the next 
step now is in in comes the bull yeah um so yeah no i, I better i better motor on uh, the radiator by the way wasn't a radiator it was just another pillow so my socks and shoes have have not just, been uh not warm at all them back on well yeah. good luck with that and um thanks very much and and thank you leone for for popping in and and chatting with us i think we all know a little bit more about romance and um hopefully 2021 is the year where we all reach for the stars with our own romantic needs oh, very good i would hope so thank you for having me guys thank you leone until next time well that's what's after happening yes indeed in 1162 a man jumped to the moon in 491 galileo made the sun in 1287 was the first ever kevin in 1919 martin she became queen something's after going on what's the crack with this thing all kinds of carry on look what's after happening